Hey there, I'm Robbie Carmen. I'm Patrick Inhofer. I'm Dan Moran. And in the third part of our uh, special uh, mailbag on Resolve 12, we want to have a think about the areas that we could improve on in Resolve. Obviously, the software is amazing. There is more features than you could ever even dream of being released. But what, what gets you guys thinking? Like, What would you like to see next? Uh, well, there's next, and then there's what I would like to see you know, <laughs> current, improved. Current, improved. Um, yeah. You know, if, I think the team, again, has done a fantastic job here. I mean, I don't think anybody can say that this is not a huge, major, kind of, you know, a little bit of an inspiring upgrade. Um, the biggest thing for me uh, has been the continual weirdness of separating our, you know, kind of the, the, the application from the idea of Postgres and kind of the idea of SQL databases. Um, mm. You know, it was not so long ago that, uh, you know, disk databases were introduced and, know kind of they didn't work great at first and they had some problems and it was sequel 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 i'm kind of conflicted now because i see everybody going oh man disk databases are so fast and they're so awesome and now i'm going well i, I can't really use them because i use these collaborative features and i do yeah. all this other stuff um and th this is just highlighted by the fact that on the mac side of things anyway and i, I don't i don't i haven't tested this on pc or uh or elsewhere um postgres is not installed by default anymore you have to actually well, explicitly you actually have to explicitly download it, install it if you want to have shared database, collaborative, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I don't know if that's a bad thing. Uh, I mean, I imagine the majority of the users that are using Resolve uh, and Resolve Studio would just be just you know peachy, not having anything to do with Postgres. Uh, but for me, it's kind of a little bit of a weirdness as one extra step when I'm you know setting up an install, at least in my studio. So wait, Robbie, because uh, I haven't done this yet on Resolve 12. So if I want to install Postgres on Resolve for Resolve 12 on a fresh install of my machine, yep. that means I don't even have the option with the Resolve 12 installers for to do that. I haven't tried that yet. I don't. I I believe the. Because I haven't seen an option for that. Like, uh, there's no obvious. Yeah, there's no like. There's no says... like configure the installer or something exactly. like that. Yeah. yeah. I think you have to go and download Postgres separately, which which is fine. I mean, you can go to. I mean, Postgres is free. I mean, you can just go download it, and install it, um, mm -hmm. and set it up. But I think that maybe what their attitude about this is is that hey, if you're using shared databases and the collaborative features. You have somebody on staff, or yeah. you know, you know the IT networking, yeah. you know, kind of stuff to set this up because it can get a little complicated with you know users and the username. We've and the got database. some we've got some insights to prove that as yeah, well. Yeah, so. ex exactly. So yeah. I, I don't think it's a bad thing, but this is like to me, it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a sidestep. It's just a it's a weird direction um, that I thought uh, was strange when I heard it. How about you, Dan? What's uh, what, what? What could you see as your kind of biggest thing for improvement or a thing you don't like? I'm pretty sure I, you guys know exactly what I'm going to say next. Does it begin with a C and end with a Irvs? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not bad, but I am a curves guy. I'm a curves guy. I do everything in curves now, and uh, I'm still. It's fine if I do everything like YRGB. Nothing changes. It's actually probably a little bit better. Um, but yeah, I just find I'm still not in love with it. I'll probably never love it. I'm just going to be that cranky uh, colorist. Well, see, see, I'll give you a tip. Pat loves it, Well, I'll give you a tip to make it better. Go on. So when you, when, you, when you drag a point in the curves interface and hold down the option key, it snaps to its default neutral position. Oh, that's cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, that'll make you like it a little bit better. I'm, I'm kind of with you, Dan. I, I have mixed feelings about it. it. Number one, it killed my number one favorite favoritely named feature ever, 
which was the Gigantor, Gigantor curves. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love the Gigantor that. curves. At the same time, the Gigantor curves got in the way, right? So, yeah. you know, th- it, it was kind of an acknowledgement that the default curves were too small. And yeah, there would oh, be times exactly, and so you'd have to open up the Gigantor curves, and then if you had your scopes open at the same time, then that was a problem, and so you had all these windows overlapping each other, and so I get why they thought to redo it. Yeah. Um, and I, what I'm finding is, I, I don't know, Dan, I, I'm finding that I'm, it's not necessarily adding a lot of extra steps to what I'm doing, it's, but it n- hasn't saved me anything either than maybe pressing the Gigantor button. Here's a question yeah. for you. Here's a question for you guys because I am not nearly uh, a curve user as you guys. I, you know, I work on crappy cable television, so I got to bash <laughs> stuff out quickly. Um, my thing is, I actually quite enjoy the the overlay of the curves. I think it shows you much more intuitively than the separate curves. Also saves space, by the way, um, uh, of how yeah. things are interacting. Do you guys not appreciate that feature, kind of the overlay of the separate curves? Yeah. It's actually something I never thought about, but I should have, because like you're right, because I've used Resolve for so long, I never really thought about how the curves. I mean, it's, it's, it's like together. it's like Adobe products. It's like Photoshop or you know even Premiere Pro work like that. You know, there's this overlay kind of deal. I'm pretty yeah, sure we'll I, probably see a levels control next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I I can say that uh, one thing I would like to see on the curves. So this is this is, falls into the realm of feature request, is that they give us options. If you if you go back and watch my insight. On Colorista 3, uh, I talk about, in one section of it, they've got a kind of a, a baby curves editor, right? It has predefined points, and it's fine for that particular tool uh, as a plugin. But the coolest thing they have are these three controls that allow you to group and change as a group multiple points at once. So if you like your curve, but you just want to keep that shape and move three points up at once... That's cool. It's got a tool for that. And then also for your shadows and then also for your midtone levels. And that, I mean, when I, when I love that in Colorista really like 3. That. And that would completely change my feelings about curves in DaVinci Resolve as like a yeah. huge, huge. But that's a feature request, not a problem. That definitely is. I, I'll yeah. second it, though. Okay, cool. <laughs> now, all right, so let's go to my, um, I've, I've got, uh, it's kind of a, a love-hate relationship with the new redesign, right? Uh, there are two things that bother me with the new redesign. One is, as much as I love the ability to kind of make the workspace my own and open and close sidebars and expand things out and contract things and hide things, I can't save any of that. Yep, buddy, that's it right there. And so what's <laughs> the point of all, what's the point of me getting all tricked out on a half-day job if I just got to recreate it for the next job that comes along. You're, you know? you're, that is that is the great point. And I, I, I thought that exact same thing. I mean, there's got to be some level of, uh, of saving, of workspace management that they, yeah. can, they, that they can do because um, you got two, three monitors going and you've done all this bespoke work you know, to kind of configure it and whatever, you reset your preferences or whatever, it's all gone. Exactly. Yeah. I'd like to see how they do it in Scopebox. You know, the way you can just hit, is it like command one, two, three, and load yep. up different layouts? Yep. That'd be so cool. Yep. Now, uh, I got I to gotta, I gotta test this, guys. It's related, but I'm not sure, and you maybe be able to test it for me, but one of my biggest gripes is an ongoing problem that's been there for 100 bajillion million years, right? And that is is that I go through and I set up my configs, uh, you know, for 1080p 60, uh, you know, 1080p 2398, whatever, yeah. right? And I adjust all those same, you know, 
20 preferences every single friggin' time that I do it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I start a new you know database, and it's like, oh, all that stuff is not there again. I have to spend you know an, you know half an hour or whatever recreating all these presets. I cannot believe that that is not an issue for other people. I mean, maybe it's a huge every, issue. I mean, maybe everybody else works in twenty three nine eight like twenty four hours a day, and it's not a, it's not a deal. But I, I have a hard Europe. time. I have a hard time <laughs> believing that. Like, I have four, five, six, you know, frame rates, frame size, that kind of stuff. There's gotta be a way to migrate those from a database to a database, or better yet, just have it be a global setting that is not tied to a database. Yeah, it shouldn't um, be per database. How, how does well, that the, work in a non-SQL world? Does it better well, uh, Same in, thing. It's, it's per database. It's per you, database. You start a new yeah. database and it, and it blows all. But it has to do with the structure of databases to users to projects. And because those settings are user-based. I get it. Um, and so, and and the, there's a complication there. The, my only workaround for that, and I think I've done an insight on this, maybe not, is uh, create a database that's nothing but all your presets. And oh, then yeah, when you yeah. when you create a, a new database and you've got a job that's 2997, you can import your 2997 project and then copy those presets into the existing project. Right click at the preset manager. Mm -hmm copy to my existing project, and then they're all there. So you essentially have a database that's nothing but projects that are your named for like your, your master. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's get, the only way it. around it. I yeah. get it. I get it. But I know. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I think <laughs> there needs to be some sort of, at the very least, in, the, in those project user settings, you can save, but you can't load you can't load you can't export at the yeah, very least yeah at least an export would take care of the problem you're an right an export mm -hmm. would take care of the problem um so i don't understand how all these years and and we haven't gotten an export of that um but uh yeah and uh, another thing that bother that's bothering me with the ui is the orange outline on the thumbnail timeline yeah. i can't tell where i am i just i get lost like i literally i look at that and I cannot see what is my on, active shot on the clip timeline or on the um, like the the, the thumbnail time, timeline. The thumbnail, the thumbnail timeline. timeline. Okay, I cannot see where I'm at. I it's so thin. Too. It's so thin. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, that that particular one doesn't bother me as much, but I, I can definitely definitely see it. All I know is I am getting lost two or three times a day. All right, Robbie. So now, uh, you got anything else that uh, that's bothering you? Oh, oh yeah, man. I got I got something that's been <laughs> bothering me a lot. So I love these nodal buttons, you know, to kind of hide panes of the interface and that kind of stuff. And I actually, uh, this is my own fault. I think that the UI is actually there. But if you guys look by default up in the upper left hand corner of Resolve Twelve, there's gallery, timeline, and then there's clips. Um, I've clicked on clips several times and go, oh, that hides the clips. There you go. And I'm going, where is my timeline filtering, right? Um, there's a little pull-down menu that's, that's there. So uh, you do actually have those same options for timeline filtering. My bad, not Resolve's fault. They did a good UI thing here. But here is where I kind of want to get into it, is that um, in this uh, the timeline as well as now in the color page, or the media pages say in the, the color page, you can do smart filtering, right? So like, have you guys ever ha wanted to be like, okay, I'm going to tag something uh, you know, with come back to it or something like that. Yep. And, you know, so you can do it. And I've always done that with markers or uh, flags or whatever, right? But now if you go into smart filters, you can say, hey, you know what? I'm going to create a filter to filter the timeline based on metadata. Here's my problem 
is that that metadata is totally required to actually have this work, which is fine. But like, I find that I'm going to have to do a lot more work to work the way that I want. Does that make sense? Yep. In, other, in other words, if I'm not the editor and the editor hasn't worked inside of DaVinci Resolve to edit the application, all of these things like, you know, uh, pro, you know clip details, shot and scene and all those kind of things are probably going to be missing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and so that like I love the idea of the feature, but unfortunately, I think what it means for for us is that it means more work if you want to get those smart filters to work. Small gripe, I realize, uh, but it's just something I've been thinking about because I do think that this is a really cool thing to be able to filter the timeline in custom ways. Um, I just think it depends on the idea that somebody is adding metadata and or editing in Resolve. Well, which... and, and that would be the editor, right? Yeah, so I, right. Think, mm. I think the whole smart filtering thing was designed for the editor mm. who's editing in Resolve. So right. yeah, it's not going to be very useful if you're just importing in XML. Right, exactly. Um, yeah. and, exactly and, and that's what, that's like, I guess, I, I mean, it's not a problem. I understand why it is. I understand yep. why it works. I guess it's more of like, I wish it would work this way. I wish yep. it would take you know, XMP metadata from Premiere, for example, and, 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 and map that to metadata fields in Resolve, uh, but I don't see that as likely. Anytime yeah, soon. and that kind of falls into the realm of feature requests. <laughs> it does, so, it does, yeah. it does. Yeah. So now, Dan, do you have uh, anything left that you want to, uh, to note? Uh, I think I saved my, my least favorite for last, I suppose. Oh, well, um, drum roll, please. Drum should, roll, should, please. I, should I set the scene? Yes. Yeah, you've, you've been grading for five hours. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, the phone rings and, oh, there's two more shots to replace those, you know, VFX plates. I'll just, you know, go ahead and go to my media bin, delete all the media in that bin. And all of a sudden my timeline vanishes. Uh, and because timelines are now stored in bins hidden away. Completely yeah. my fault. I know it's my fault. I'll have to get used to it. But I, I just, if I could make a little feature request to just be a little dialogue box that says, would you like to keep the timelines that are in this bin that you forgot about because you made this project two days ago? Guys, this is this is reminding me. Didn't something change in the pre uh, public beta release of this? Didn't they change the way that timelines were handled, the way that they were organized? Or am I making that up? No, no, it was not uh, in it, in all the private betas. This has worked exactly right. this way. Right, we right. used to have in all previous versions of DaVinci Resolve, timelines were managed separately from media. Yes. And what they've done now in this version is mixed timelines with media, just like they do in Premiere, just like they did in Final Cut 7. I hated it for, for 15 <laughs> years in 7. I've hated it in Premiere, and now I get to hate it in DaVinci Resolve. Well, okay, let me play, I am let me, totally with Dan on this. Let me play, devil, let me play, let me play devil's advocate. Let me play I devil's know we advocate. just need to change. Like, All you need to do is create a timeline bin, just like you would on the main level of... Yeah. Just another know, step for me to do. I know. I, you know, it's okay, like... Okay, okay. Fine, but it's not it's not different than the way that other NLEs work. No. I get it, but this is not an NLE. This yeah. is a post-production package, and I, I, I'm not entirely sure why they thought that but it, so, that sequences are the equivalent of media. That's but, what drives me nuts yeah. with all these other apps. But, uh, sequences are different. But hold on, go back a second, because I really yep. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand this. Yep. You import stuff onto the master level, the master bin, yep. right? Which you've always been able to do. And I understand yep. that timelines were previously segregated. Yep. You're saying that if you have a whole bunch of stuff in the master bin, yep. and you go and you right-click on the master bin, you say... Delete uh, all clips. Remove all clips from the bin. It's also going to delete those timelines. Yes. yes. And if you don't okay. have a master session, your grades... <laughs> go away. Your grades they, go they're away. They're gone. 
Yeah. Okay, I, I, I can get I can get with it. My my <laughs> mind my mind works a little differently than that, but I can understand the problem. Yeah. And like, for uh, me, one of the yeah. things I loved about earlier versions of Resolve was that I didn't have to ma I can manage my sequences separately from my media. You know, I had bins that I would create for my sequences. I have a very particular workflow that I developed because of the way that feature worked. And now, now I have to m actively manage. Like, I import an XML, and that sequence gets dumped in with the footage. Now I've got to take it and drag it into my sequences folder so that I don't lose track of it. So, you know, and it's just, I, I don't know. It, yeah. Dan, you hit on a, uh, you, I guess you hit on a really sore nerve with me. Definitely yeah, for I, didn't, me. I didn't realize I felt this way about it. <laughs> but I, I can I definitely do. learn to change, but it was so perfect. Yeah, I know. Before. It was. That's what I loved about it. It was just... It, it recognized the difference between that. that the sequences are not media, you know? Yep. And so, well, we know how to push Pat's buttons now. We do. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Guys, I love DaVinci Resolve 12, but yeah, this is one, this is one NLE enhancement where you guys have gone and matched all these other NLEs that I thought you did better. And now we're back to what's been happening for 20 years. Very cool, guys. Well, I think that this has been a pretty comprehensive look at, you know, the idea of beta testing, what that means, the things that we like, uh, the things that we could look, uh, uh, see as improvement. And just to be clear, guys, there's, you know, 200 plus features uh, in this version of DaVinci yeah. Resolve. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot more to cover, uh, a lot more to go over. And fortunately, we want a website that does that very thing, uh, that shares <laughs> ideas and concepts about new stuff. So uh, in the coming weeks, of course, uh, all three of us, as well as some of our contributors, uh, we'll be posting insights on new features in DaVinci Resolve. Uh, and please, as always, your feedback on those, things that you'd like to see, things you're confused about. Uh, always feel free to use the contact uh, um, uh, link on our webpage uh, to tell us what you want to learn about DaVinci Resolve 12. Because and, and we are going to be having a uh, DaVinci Resolve 12. We are re-recording that entire series. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and just that's, so uh, people know that. Yeah, so uh, very soon I'm going to lock Pat in a uh, studio. In a, in a studio uh, for I don't know. Hopefully, it doesn't take him six years, but yeah, let's just go a week or so. Yeah, and uh, and Pat is going to knock it out of the ballpark, recording uh, deep insights for Resolve 12. And we've taken your feedback very seriously from uh, the first version of Deep Insights, and we're going to tailor that a little bit. And actually, Pat, that's a good point. Um, you know, we've, we've done a lot of thought into Resolve 12 uh, in the Deep Insights title. And there's just so much now in DaVinci Resolve. Uh, one of the things that we are going to do is segment this out a little bit different than we have uh, in the past with some advanced features, some core stuff, some new features, uh, possibly in the future doing some stuff about editorial and that kind of jazz. So just stay tuned uh, and check back here on Mixing Light uh, as we dole that out over the coming weeks. But I'm sure Pat's going to knock that out of uh, the park as usual. So this has been a very special edition of From the Mailbag talking about DaVinci Resolve 12. Go out there and get it now. It's available as of uh, today, Monday, the 27th of July. So go to the Blackmagic website and check it out. Download it, uh, your appropriate version. Just remember, DaVinci Resolve is the free version. DaVinci Resolve Studio is the version uh, that is uh, the paid version. So you have to have a dongle to use that. But I hope you've enjoyed this. And uh, for the old Mixing Light com i am robbie carmen i'm dan moran and i am patrick inhofer and we will see you next time